Welcome and thank you for joining us today on Friend of God, brought to you by Friendship Baptist Church in Sturges, Mississippi. It is our goal to take the Word of God to as many people as possible. We pray that you not only enjoy today's message, but more importantly, we hope and pray that it changes your heart and moves all of us to life change and action. God bless and enjoy. So we are glad to have everybody here this morning. We are definitely glad to have Briggs family and friends here this morning. So uh, we we know that it's a momentous day and uh, Brother Trevor got up there. He said, I just had to get through it. And I know that's one of the great things as a parent to know that your child knows Jesus, that they've been through believers baptism and that they are an effective witness to their friends. And so uh, I hope that, that he goes back to school this week and tells everybody just what God has done in his life. Well, if you've been here for a while, you know we've been in this series called Jesus is Greater. And Jesus is Greater is a study of Hebrews. And in the book of Hebrews, there are some things that we need to understand about faith and understand about our faith in God. So today we're going to look at Jesus being greater than our earthly fears. Greater than our earthly fears. So if we, uh, if we look at the Bible today, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 4. If you want to turn there in your copy of God's Word. But what are some fears that we have that are earthly fears? According to a 2021 Gallup fear survey in America... Starting from greatest fear to least fear, here are some things that a lot of people are afraid of. The first one was snakes. Alright, public speaking came in second in this greatest to least. Heights, being closed in a small space. Anybody have those fears they're shared with? Uh, This was one of my fears growing up. Needles and getting shots. Anybody have a fear of needles or getting shots? Some of y'all kids are like, yes. All right, this one came in. Next, it says mice. Anybody afraid of mice? Oh, some of y'all are shaking right now. Uh, Flying on an airplane. I've had conversations with some of you that say, I'll never get on one of those things. So, flying on an airplane. Dogs. Crowds. Going to the doctor. And the least is the dark. Anybody afraid of the dark? So if I turn, turn the lights off and hear you, no, we're okay. But I believe there's still an overall fear. And it's a real fear of death and dying among those who have an uncertainty about eternal life. There's a fear for so many of what happens when I die. There's greater fears from the small things like fears and things that are everyday phobia kind of thing to some of the greatest things in life. But Jesus is greater than the fears we hold on to in this life. So as we get going with all of this, who controls the fears that you and I have? Who controls the fears that you and I have? Are they controlling you? Or are you entrusting Jesus to control those fears? I believe for us who struggle with fear, whether it's great or big or small or minute, whatever it is, it it might be great or big to us, but we can't properly address fear on our own. Y'all, I don't think we can fight 
the things that plague us, the things that we worry about, the things which can consume every thought, the things that can make our heart rate kind of speed up, the things that make us like worry and wring our hands, all of those things we can't address on our own. But we must understand that fact that Jesus is greater than the fears we hold on to. He's greater than those. But we learn first in this passage that fear leads to a lack of rest for the unbeliever. It seems like there is nothing that will give us that sense of peace, does it? We could try a lot of things. Hot tea, right? We could try a lot of things. We could drink a cup of coffee. We could try a lot of things. Maybe our favorite comfort food. We can try a lot of things. Maybe it's talking to others. But nothing subsides our fear when we think about all the things in our minds and hearts. Hebrews 4, 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, let us fear if, while a promise remains of entering His rest, any one of you may seem to have come short of it. For indeed we have good news preached to us, just as they also. But the word they heard did not profit them, because it was not united by faith in those who heard. Y'all, without Christ in our lives, there is no rest. There is no peace. There is no break from the fear because we don't entrust our lives to the one who made us. So we have to understand fear, but we have to understand who God is in that fear. But there's a rest that is promised to us. Who abide in Him. There's a rest that's given to us who focus our lives on the Maker, the Creator, the Salvation Giver in our lives rather than the problem itself. Because if you become hyper fixated on the problem, the issue, the fear, then that consumes everything, doesn't it? It doesn't leave room for God to speak into it. So there's rest that's given according to the believer. It says in verses 3 through 5, it says, for we who have believed into the rest, just as he has said, as I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he has said somewhere concerning the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works. And again, this passage, in this passage, they shall not enter rest. It's a whole lot easier to trust, to have that rest, to let go of that fear when you know that God is in control, isn't it? It's a whole lot easier to trust in God when you don't know what's going to happen next, but you know that He does. See, God knows every fact, every facet, everything that's going to happen to you and me. He knows from beginning to end everything that's going to happen from when we're going to fall to when we're going to get up to when we're going to be strong or when we're going to be weak. He knows all of those things. But when we come to Him, that's when we realize how strong He is, but how weak we are. But there's a promise in here. There's a promise given to us that in Him, in God, through Jesus, we will find rest. How many of you have not gotten a good night's rest in a long time? Anybody? What happens when you don't get adequate rest? It affects everything else, right? 
It affects your heart, your mind, your worry, your health. Everything in life is affected. Your attitude, how you treat other people, how you receive things that people say. It makes you worry. It makes you fear. It makes you do all kinds of things whenever you don't have adequate rest. But why do some people reject the offer that Jesus gives to provide rest for those fears? Why do some people forget what's, what's being offered here? Why do some people reject this? It says this in verse 6. It says, Therefore, since it remains for some to enter it, and those who formerly had good news preached to them, failed to enter because of disobedience. He again fixes a certain day. Today, saying through David, after a long time, just as has been said before, today, if you hear his voice, who are they talking about? If you hear the Lord, if you hear his voice, if you hear him calling your name, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had not given them rest, he would not have spoken of another day after that. So there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered his rest has himself also rested from his works, as God did from his. It's important that you and I have adequate rest, even when we feel like we can't. See, I'm one of those busybodies. I'm always at work. I'm always at doing something. I'm always thinking about doing things that I should be doing, even when I make myself rest. Even when I'm sitting there, my mind is not always at rest. So I'm always thinking of things, even when I'm not doing things. But we have to not neglect this call to rest. A lack of rest can cause a litany of problems. But the only way that we will ever have soul's rest is through a relationship with with Jesus Christ. Hebrews, 11, Hebrews 4, 11 through 13 says this, as we're called to rest, it says, therefore let us be diligent to enter the rest so that no one will fall through, be, through following the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of the soul and the spirit of both joints and marrows, and then able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There's a call to rest. There's a call to understand the Word of God in that time of rest. How do you and I get renewed if we don't rest? How do you and I have soul's renewal if we don't spend time in prayer and studying of God's Word and allowing for it to manifest itself and marinate in our lives so much so that we are renewed and revigored in all things? I think about this. A lot of times we think about, well, I went to church, so I've spent time with the Lord this week. Well, if the church was all the time you were meant to spend with the Lord, then we're all in a very difficult place because I need the Lord every day, every hour, every moment. My problems don't end or start when I enter into this building. I need the Lord with me. To me, church itself is a jump start to my week. It is a way that says, I'm going to fill you up so when you go out there, your mind and heart are stuck on Him. So, 
There's nothing hidden from His sight. We need to spend time in rest so that He can speak to us and speak to our hearts. We must hold fast to our confessions of faith. What does that mean? That if we have said, Jesus is Lord in my life, if we have proclaimed that as Briggs did this morning, then we have a confession that is greater than the world around us. So if we find ourselves in such deep worry, if we find ourselves in discord with somebody else, if we find ourselves angry or upset or worrying or, or, or not trusting as we should or not believing as we should, if we find ourselves amidst all of this, we got to hold fast to our confession of faith. It says in verse 14, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. See, here's the reality behind Jesus. He sympathizes with us in all things. Jesus went through all of the span of human emotions that we have felt. He knew what it was like to feel lost, to feel hunger, to feel pain, temptation. He knew all of those things. He felt them like we feel them because Jesus was both divine and He was human. He felt it all. So He sympathizes with us. It says in verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all ways just as we are yet without sin. He was tempted and tried but he did not sin. He went through the hard times, the loss. You think of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. You think about all these things that he went through. And even going to the cross, Jesus felt the nails. He felt the crucifixion. He felt all of that. Yet he was without sin in that respect. But we are called to draw near to his throne of grace. What keeps you and I from drawing near to Him? What keeps you and I from coming to Him as we ought to? Sometimes it's pride, right? Sometimes it's a giving of control. Sometimes we don't want to surrender the things in our lives which we worry about. Because sometimes worrying about something gives us a sense of control as if we could do anything about it, right? See, that's where we get in our worry. We say, well... I'm going to come to God only if I can't do anything about it on, our, on my own, right? And that's where we end up going down the street of worry and staying there and not being able to get out of there, right? The first thing we should do as a believer that wants rest is to do what? Go directly to the Lord and say, God, Whatever you do here, God, I want to follow your steps. God, whatever you want out of this situation, this worry, this fear, this temptation, this hardship, this trial, God, I want you to do your very best. I trust you at first, and I trust you all the way through. So I want to draw near to Him. It says in verse 16, it says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So where do we find the grace and the hope and the help in time of need? At the throne of the Almighty God. 
We find what we need not in earthly things. We find what we need not in the things that we're afraid of. We find what we need not in a magazine or a book. We find what we need not in the hospitals or in a doctor's office. We find what we need for soul's rest. In an almighty Father who loves us, even when we're weak, loves us and takes care of us, does not forget us, does not forsake us. So what's your greatest fear this morning? What's your greatest fear in life? Maybe you've received a diagnosis in your life and you're like, it's terminal. Well, let me tell you what, your heart your destiny, where you're going, eternal life, everywhere that's coming after is afforded to you because of your choice to believe in Jesus or not. There's a rest that that brings you. Maybe you struggle with something over and over again. Maybe you're so worried over and over again. Maybe you struggle with anxiety like I do and sometimes it's uncontrollable over and over again. Come to the Lord because He understands. Come to the Lord because He can give us rest. And I believe if we tell it to Jesus, we understand that He Himself knows. He experienced the range of emotion that we as humanity do experience. And nothing is too great that He would not conquer it. I want you to understand that. He experienced what we did, and there's nothing too great that He cannot conquer it. And I want you to understand that this morning. Some of y'all are like, well, well, that sounds good for you, preacher. No, it sounds wonderful for all of us. Because it's hope. That this world can't steal from us. It's hope that a situation can't take. It's hope that, that, that whatever happens, God's going to do something in my life. And God's going to do something in my family's life that they've never seen before. Secondly, when's the last occasion in your life that you can recall being fully at rest or at peace? When's the very last time that you've been able to take a deep breath and not worry, but have peace that God's in control and God's going to be faithful? Just as He was back there in your life, He's going to be faithful right here. And He's going to do what all He has created to do. He's going to be there through it all. Thirdly, we see that eternal rest is afforded to the believer. Even if this life is hard and filled with troubles. See, the Word of God does not say that if you are a believer, it's going to be easy, does it? The Word of God says that, in fact, you are going to struggle and have trials just like I did, right? The Word of God says over and over again that, that calamity and, and troubles and trials and, and difficult moments are going to come to the way of the believer, but it means that we can endure those things. We can go through those things. That we can have the rest that knowing in this life we might deal with difficulties. But my reward, your reward, is in heaven. And that's where my soul longs to be, at the foot of Jesus Christ, where I can worship him forever and tell him thank you for all that he has done because just as we pray and God answers sometimes in different ways than we hope we pray for God's will to be done and sometimes the things that we ask for are not in the plan and the will of God and that's where faith comes in and so rest and peace 
is given to us, even when this life is filled with trouble. So why do you think some people reject Jesus' offer of salvation? Why do some people say no to Him? Or why do some people put it off and say, well, tomorrow, or next week, or I'm just not ready yet, or I've got to do all of these things. And so we give these conditions to God, and we say, well, God, I know that you're calling my name without a doubt. But God, I've got to clean up my life. I've got to do all these other things. If we could have done something, we would have done something. Jesus came because humanity could not do anything about the problem of sin. So Jesus came to die for us, to pay for your sin, to pay for my sin. We don't have anything to do other than come to Him and give our lives to Him. We don't have anything to get in order. We just come because He says, come because I love you. I've died for you, and I've given my life for you. I want you to know this morning that Jesus died for you and wants you to come to Him. Not after you've done all of these things on your own checklist. Because Jesus' death and resurrection is more than sufficient for the sin that you've committed. And it doesn't matter what it was. Amen? It doesn't matter what your fear is. It doesn't matter what your sin is. It doesn't matter what your worry is. It doesn't matter what it is. What matters is whose hands have control of all things in your life and mine. See, there are spiritual attacks that often occur in my life, if I'm being honest, when I have had a steady diet of busyness without adequate rest. Y'all, when I am at my lowest and I have not slept or I have not rested or I have not gone out and and, and been with the Lord as I ought to, then guess what's going to happen? That's when the devil will come and pounce big time. Because the devil knows my weakness. The devil knows your weakness. The devil knows your fear and your worry. He knows all of those things. So we must slow down. And listen to all that the Lord is trying to say to us. And above the noise that seems to be drowning out that still small voice. Because if the fear and the difficulties and the hardships and the earthly fears in this life can drown out the still small voice, then then Satan believes he's won. But I'm telling you this, spending time with the Lord every day helps you and I know when He's speaking to us, doesn't it? Spending time in prayer helps us understand His voice. If you've ever been in a loud room and tried to hear somebody on the other side, it's difficult, isn't it? Sometimes face like that. We're going through difficulties and we're trying to listen hard. But the Lord has said, I want you to walk with me and trust me with the most smallest things in your life. So when the biggest things, you still know who I am. You still know my voice. You still know where I'm coming from. You still can hear me even when life's at its loudest. So here's my invitation today. Here's my invitation this morning. I invite all who are weary to gather at His throne of grace and mercy. Will you come? See, I believe He loves us and understands. And I believe He is more than able to meet you here at the altar here and now. Will you join me in standing as I pray? Father, we come this morning.
So many of us are in so many different places in our lives. So many different areas of struggle and difficulty are upon us, God. And it can seem like an insurmountable mountain in front of us. The fears that we have, the difficulties that we have, the trials that we have, life's hearts and hardships and and so many other things that get us down. But Father, you're greater than those things. At our most weakest estate, you sent Jesus to die for us. Rising from the grave, showing us that we too can conquer sin, but only through Jesus. We can conquer fear, but only through Jesus. We can overcome, but only through Jesus. So God, I pray within the power of the Holy Spirit today, that if there's someone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, God, I pray that you take every kind of excuse out of their mind and their heart right now. Father, you just remind them how much they are loved. And how much your sacrifice covers the sin that's in their heart and mind even now. Father, take all excuses away and help them to see your mighty love. So God, today I pray if someone does not know you as Lord and Savior, that they are willing to say yes to you today. That they're willing to say, Lord, I know you understand today. And I entrust my everything in you. Father, you say if we call on you, you are mighty to save and forgive us from all sin. Father God, there's no other way that we can be forgiven except through you. There's no other way to heaven except through you. So God, I pray as we pray this morning that someone here might come. Even today. God, I pray for the many of us that do know you as Lord and Savior, yet hold on to the fears and the worries and the hangups and the hurts and the things of this life, God. And today, God, we need to symbolically bring those to the altar and put them before you because you understand, you love, you want us to find strength only in you. And you, God, are more than enough for us. You're more than sufficient for our greatest worry, And so, God, I just pray as we come this morning with a renewed heart, saying that we are going to testify to you every day, that we are going to listen for your voice every day, that we're going to come to you in prayer every day, that we're going to read your word every day, God. God, I pray that you break our hearts for what breaks yours. God, help us to see you and not the issues in life and help us to trust greater in you than any fear that we might have in this world. Father God, I pray for those that might be going through those moments right now. And God, I just pray that you lead them unto you. For it is your power that we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining the Friendship Family today. Your time is your most valuable commodity. And we are enormously grateful that you chose to share some of it with us. If you would like to know more about Friendship Baptist Church, please visit our website, friendshipsturges.com, or our Facebook page. Both links can be found in the show notes below. Although we would greatly appreciate you leaving this podcast a rating or review, we would be eternally grateful if you would be willing to share it with someone else. We pray you have a God-filled day, and please remember, love God, love people, and reach the world.